got me a job interview for this warehouse gig. There's an initial drug test. I smoke weed a lot. Wow, that's pretty impressive, the interviewer tells me after I describe my last job's responsibilities to him. No shit, Sherlock, I tell myself. Giving another final once-over glance at my resume, he gives me this look, as if he knows, just as well as I do, that I'm a bit overqualified for this position. And you're only interested in the part-time position, You know, to be frank, we have a management position opening, and I have a gut feeling you would be great for it, he tells me, trying to sell me on selling my artistic soul to start some glorious career managing a small warehouse in a southern Los Angeles industrial park. I'm primarily looking for a part-time job at the moment so I can continue some of my other endeavors, which I need some time for, a.k.a. I got real shit I'm working on, Now, so I just don't want to come in like a zombie three days a week, punch in, do my job, punch out, and avoid becoming a wannabe corporate drone like yourself. Plus, I could get more pussy being a struggling artist than some stable loser with a bland job. Well, after we finish conducting our mandatory background check, someone will contact you with the time to set up the drug screening, and then everything should be ready to get you started here, he finishes, with a firm handshake that would have made my grandfather laugh. Firm and quotation marks now the hard part commences passing this motherfucking drug test i used one of those body cleanse detox drinks from a head shop years ago to pass one those don't work anymore the good guys got smart and now they test for the high levels of niacin those drinks contain my remaining options are to have a fully clean system not happening or to get someone else's piss that is clean and use that I have to play a MacGyver of bodily fluids to escape this fascist claw of this archaic modus operandi. The good guys get smart, then the bad guys have to get smarter. Forever the game of cat and mouse. A man with nearly a master's degree in psychoanalysis has to succumb to the oppressive rules of a Stalinist like Russia just so I can work for twelve fifty an hour, part-time, in a warehouse amongst ex-cons and guys with their GEDs. And I'm describing most of my friends and some of my family with that statement, so I'm not looking down on anybody for that. My sentiment is that the interviewer and I were right. I am overqualified, yet I have to pee in a cup to prove to them that I'm not going to be a cheech nor a chong while I'm their employee. I'm aware I'm being melodramatic. I like to be. It makes everything a little more exciting. I used to work in Skip's warehouse when I was younger. That's how I have a little experience to be qualified for it. It was I, a few ex-cons, classic rock blasting, pallet jacks and delivery trucks, and guys cracking beer before the shift had even ended. I liked that. I also liked not having to interact with customers. For a guy with a short temper and little patience for stupidity, customer service is not my forte. Perhaps I should add on that I have ADD, but I've never taken Ritalin or Adderall for it. Well, I've never taken it in the form of a proper prescription. In high school, we used to crush it up and blow lines of it. Baby coke. But weed helps me focus, and I can't focus for the damn life of me to write, clean, play guitar, anything. Christ, I need some damn Adderall. Rolling around on my couch at 3 a.m., I burst out, What? I can't smoke a plant that grows naturally in the ground, but I can come in to work every day hopped up on legal meth that is packaged and sold to me by a drug dealer in a white lab coat and stethoscope. My boy Adam has been sober for a year. He just guzzled a big bottle of water and is in my bathroom pissing in a small travel-sized shampoo bottle. 
He comes out with a weird smirk on his face and hands it to me. Don't worry, dude. I wipe the outside to clean off any shrapnel. It's still gross. There's another man's urine in my hand. Next, I put it in a Pyrex glass bowl and place the bowl into a pot of boiling water and stay over the stove. It reminds me of when I used to watch my friends back home in Boston cook crack. It was just to sell, never to smoke. We're not crackheads. Thanks to the glorious wonders of the internet, I ordered this apparatus that straps around your upper thigh with a zipper pouch. Inside that glorious little zipper pouch, I placed the tiny shampoo bottle of Adam's steamy piss in between these two hand warmers to further ensure that it remains warm enough. Piss has to remain between 94 and 100 degrees Fahrenheit to pass as fresh piss. Anything under that, the good guys know it's someone else's piss and they will fail you. I park in the farthest spot in the lot of the test center. I'm wearing the baggiest pair of dress pants I have with a nice button-down shirt untucked to further conceal the bulge on my inner thigh. It has to look right. I remember being eight or nine years old and Skip was waking me up early in the morning to ask me to come to the bathroom. I could barely open my eyes, essentially sleepwalking with him as I rubbed the morning boogies from my ocular cavities. All right, here. He handed me a small plastic container and asked me to pee in it for him. I was tired, young, and not in trouble, so I complied. A couple years later, my analytical brain would have grilled him with a million questions. Knowing the answer regardless, I would have still done it. It was for his urinalysis drug test. That was the early 90s, which we can all assume was far easier to get away with anything than compared to now. An intense sensation of deja vu comes over me while I sit in my car, fidgeting with my crotch and the pee that lurks in there in the bottle. The warm piss is cooking against my left thigh. Compounded by my nerves, it's making me hot, and a couple little beads of sweat are daring to run down my forehead. I wipe off any visible signs of perspiration on my face and enter the lion's den. So, that was a little chapter from a little book I'm finishing up. It's called Quicksand. So welcome, my damaged gooders, to a little solo episode, just you and the snake man. Um, yeah, been writing this book. It's called Quicksand. It's a true story, non-fiction, non-linear, little short stories and vignettes about, um, I guess it was inspired by a three-year period of uh, break, crazy love triangle breakup, heartache, a lot of depression, a lot of crazy shit going on. And uh, most of the short stories and little vignettes written that take place in that time period. Some things I wrote that took place in my childhood that kind of correlated to that. But um, yeah, so wrapping that up, just kind of, I don't know, I kind of felt like sharing something from it. I've only shared it with people that have helped me edit it or close, close friends. I haven't really, um, I mean, I probably mentioned it on the podcast, might have mentioned it on Rain and Real, Dash Radio, I don't know. But um, I don't know, just felt like sharing that one. That chapter is tentatively called You're in Trouble. And everything is, you know, you edit these things uh, over and over. Just like music, when you're, you're editing your music and checking for every little thing. I've edited these shits over and over. That one's going to be edited over and over. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much done. It's just the editing process. Quicksand. Maybe I'll even do the, uh, the audio book. I don't know. How did that read go? I didn't, I didn't paste that read into this podcast. I did that live and it went right in because that's just how I do. And that was the first attempt. I didn't practice it or nothing. Uh, so, I don't know. If you guys don't hate my fucking sound of my voice, maybe you'll get the audiobook. Some people dig those. They like them in the car. I don't know. If not, maybe I'll get Sean Connery to do it. I say Sean Connery because um, my Irish grandfather looked a lot like Sean Connery. 
And maybe I'll look like that when I'm older. Who knows? But anyway, he's got a very regal speaking voice. But maybe he's dead. I don't know. Is he dead, Terry? I don't know. Terry's going to look it up. We'll find out. It's not important. Hopefully he's not. If he is, God, rest in peace. Great actor. Um, but, yeah, the book is going to be kind of raw. There's, there's, I have the Irish funeral approach. It's a lot of sad or kind of dark um, themes and things that happen. But I laugh through the pain. You know, that's like the Irish funeral approach. You're celebrating people's lives. You're drinking. You're laughing. You're crying. You're kind of coping through that, getting through it. It helps you, at least in my experience, my family and some of my friends' experiences, kind of helps you process the pain a little faster. You know, some people kind of put it to the side and have to deal with it slower and whatever. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be raw. There's going to be shit in there that some people might not like. It might even offend some people. But it's it's my artistic output. It's my expression. And it's all real. It's all personal shit that happened to me. Things I've seen first fucking hand. You know what I'm saying? I didn't make none of this up. Uh, I didn't steal these stories from nobody. I didn't concoct this shit in my brain. This is all things that happened. Um, and there's some things in there that I probably wanted to share that I couldn't... It, certain times in my life because of whatever shit was going on and there's even other crazier stories that I can't share because it will endanger the safety and freedom of some people that might be mentioned. But um, I love it because I'm, I'm saying what I want, right? Freedom of speech, baby. You gotta love that. And it's a very important thing as an artist. Freedom of speech is essential. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking writer, an author, musician, singer, you play guitar, you a dancer, what are you fucking uh, uh, goddamn like podcaster, uh, director, like chef, whatever. You need to be able to have freedom of expression. And censorship is the enemy of all artists. I mean, it's really the enemy of the people, but especially artists. And I want to be able to say what I want to say. And I know on the podcast and on the fucking social medias, I, I joke a lot. I post crazy memes. I talk a gang of shit on the radio show with Beans. I do that. And I, I mean, that's me. And in the book, there's kind of some shit talking. But, you know, I, I always have sentimental um, moments in, in all these broadcasting things and shit I do and I keep it very real and authentic and I got thank you listeners fans friends people that catch that and hit me up about it and say thank you for sharing that it helped me kind of deal with this thing that I'm not comfortable about talking with people so thank you because that's what I like to do I like to be able to talk about crazy shit that I'm going through I've dealt with you know being comfortable in my vulnerability so that you can be and this book definitely has that but sometimes people get a little touchy a little offended all offended, you know? And, uh, I mean, just n not as much with stuff in my podcast episodes, but sometimes, but sometimes, you know, the shit I post on social media, the jokes and shit. I'm not out here to hurt nobody's feelings. Anybody who really knows me knows where my heart lies is pretty fucking righteous. My track record can back that up. But I, I like humor. I like comedy. I'm not a comedian, but I respect that art form. But I just like comedy. I love laughing through the pain. That's the shit. Fuck, man. That's the shit that got me through those years that that book was being written or taking place, man. Like, without laughing and having a twisted, crazy sense of humor, I might not have made it, dude. You know? It was rough, man. It was a dark period. So I love being able to express myself like any artist does. Sometimes that's the best way to cope with it. And these motherfuckers want censorship. They want to slow down or stop altogether the ability for certain people to speak their minds. And, um, you know, I get it, man. There's people who have things they want to say and they have a right to that you're not going to like, you're not going to agree with. I don't agree with everybody. No one can. And that's where freedom of speech gets tricky, right? Censorship gets tricky. And right now going on in the climate, at least in the United States, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting time with things at the censorship level, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are, are being very vocal whether on social media, on the internet, or protesting in the streets or whatever, who have a lot of negative 
in my mind, at least my perspective, negative, foul, evil shit to say. And I don't agree with it. And you might not too, right? Case in point, right? Like, I'm just making this up. Say there's a bunch of KKK dudes that want to go protest and do some shit. Now, I'm not into that at the fuck all, obviously. And I don't agree with them. I don't believe in it. But if I want to have the right to speak what I want to speak, if there's ever a time I need to protest or march, if I want to be able to say what I want to do, which I believe to be righteous, even though that's not necessarily what everyone in the world or country believes, but what I believe to be real and righteous, if I want to have the ability to speak that freely, I, this is how freedom of speech works. I have to allow for other people to speak the same, even if I don't agree with them. Now, this is just freedom of speech. This ain't freedom of action. All right? We ain't talking about protests turning physical or dangerous. We're not talking about people harming people, throwing threats, even on TV making threats and, and, and sh- talking down to other people. We're not talking about that. That's freedom of action. That's not cool. That's never cool. That's fucking evil. It's dangerous. It's harmful. But we're talking about freedom of speech. And, you know, like the pendulum swings, man. Sometimes the the good guys are in power. Sometimes the bad guys. Sometimes the halfway good guys. You know, it's always moving. And if you want to censor certain people because you don't like them, even if it's the fucking people you despise and hate, you can't do that. It's not how it works because it's like a blanket uh, amendment. It's a blanket law, a blanket level of freedom. If you try to cut motherfuckers off from what they're saying, even if you don't agree with it, you got to be really careful. That is a slippery slope. Can we please teach the concept of the slippery slope in fucking school, Terry? Uh, I'd say middle school. Before, maybe high school. The slippery slope. The slippery slope. What it means is once you start letting certain shit go, everything's going to go. Right? There's no standard. And this is the thing, man. Like, America, it's, it's, look, man, I grew up in another country, a quote-unquote third world country, a developing country, right? Neva St. Kitts in the Caribbean. Then that came to America. So I have a very unique experience. I know what it's like to never get to shower with hot water, to have your power go out multiple times a week, to like, you know, have, fuck roaches and rats. We're talking about centipedes and, and donkey spiders, which is a tarantula, you know, like crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to not have the normal amenities most Americans take for granted. America is a pretty free country, Right? Now, it's not the greatest. It has lots of room for improvement, and we should always strive for this. I'm not saying let's not. We should always strive to improve upon the things we don't think are good enough, right? We can't be complacent. We can't just settle. But I've lived in another place, and I have friends and people, family who've lived in other places. In terms of freedom, America has a, a, a better range of it than some places, right? You know, I mean, like, okay, my grandparents, uh, my father's side, they came uh, from Poland, Krakow, Poland, when they were young, right? Very young. Uh, you know, people who met it came from an Eastern Bloc country, Russia, any place that Soviet Union had, you know, communism was was the rain blanket right there. I don't know what it's like. I never lived in a communist country, but I know a lot of motherfuckers didn't want to be there. It sounds great in theory, and I'm not saying, I'm not shitting on communism here either. Don't get it fucking twisted. Don't run off with my words. But what I'm saying is, it didn't work well over there. Corruption lies within all, you know, political... Um, stratospheres and, and types of government and, and it, all it takes is a couple pol- corrupt people or one really corrupt person with the, the most power to ruin it for everybody so you've got this idea that should be on paper fucking awesome everyone should be chilling but people are not people are told when they can work when they can't work what they can eat what they can watch what they can't watch what they can see in america most at least in my fucking lifetime no one has to deal with that right we've had it pretty easy and then I think about what my grandfather you know he's a little bit maybe my great grandmother my great bachi what they, they would have dealt with and why they might have left, you know? And and 
I don't know. That's that would blow my fucking mind. I mean, the freedom we have here, we we take for granted a lot, and I'm all for it. But we can't go out and censor people, even if you don't agree with them. Alex Jones, I don't fuck with Alex Jones. He's a disinformationalist. I haven't fucked with Alex Jones since William Cooper, rest in peace, author of Behold the Pale Horse, shitted on Alex Jones. Who and he sweated William Cooper. Alex Jones sweated him because he was a conspiracy theorist. He was really just an ex. Uh, United States Naval Intelligence Officer who was unarmedly discharged because he kind of, or apparently, you know, according to him, came across certain documents and things that, um, you know, gave him insight on the political corruption of the United States government and certain things that would be labeled conspiracies. And then he had a mysterious death later. Anyway, he was like, nah, this dude is a disinformationalist. This is a guy who says a little bit of truth so that he can tell you some bigger lies in there and you get swept up in it. Right, And I always knew Alex Jones was fucking on some phony shit because he sells so much shit on his website. Anybody who's selling a lot of things, if there's some products, if there's services for sale, you always got to watch that red flag. Because anytime people are selling things, they're going to use things like fear, political allegiances, religious or whatever, ethnic allegiances to manipulate you to purchase their goods. So anyway, I knew he was on some bullshit, but... I don't think the motherfucker should be censored from certain platforms, even though I don't agree with him, right? Now, if he's hurting somebody physically, that's fucked up. You can't do that, okay? But you got to be careful because when you start censoring him, then other people come. And I've known some other people who are not like, you know, Alex Jones. They're not political, um, you know, conspiracy theory news people. They're just like regular guys who might have like, uh, you know, a window company. I think it's this one person. He had like a, a window pane um, stained glass kind of company and some post on his Facebook page got his shit deleted and deactivated by Facebook and he was a pretty popular store I guess but I read this whole article about him it was just something that hit their algorithm that was offensive or that you know almost essentially required censorship and he got fucking screwed for that and that hurts a small businessman you know um, can't have that shit man so even if you don't agree with somebody you can't try to censor them because it's, the pendulum could swing back your way. You never know. It could be tomorrow. It could be four or five years from now. The people that you were aligned with that have the same beliefs and shit like that, the favor might not be in those guys' hands, in your hands. And now you're going to be censored. And then you're going to be fucked. That's not how fucking freedom of speech works. Right? Censorship is not good. Um, got the freedom to change the fucking channel. Jake the Snake, fun fact, I don't like country music. So you know what I do? I don't buy country albums. I don't stream country music. I don't go to country shows. You can fucking change it. I get people that hit me up on my uh, social media and like, you know, sometimes I'll be offended by things I have. I never go out to hurt nobody. I do jokes. It's humor. It's humor based, okay? And I don't really think, uh, to be, you know, keep it funky funky, I don't really think my shit's that offensive, but some people might. Anyway. They'll hit me up and they'll be, um, you know, upset. They'll say things or whatever. And I really don't in in interact with them. I don't engage. I don't entertain that shit because Jake the Snake does not negotiate with terrorists. That means I don't argue on social media with people, period, about anything. Especially not when it's about something that I know they're strongly um, feeling. And it's going directly against what I may have posted. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. So those people who hit me up and I don't respond, yeah, maybe they unfollow me. But that's what it's, all you got to do. Unfollow me or just don't listen to it. You have the choice. That's freedom. Freedom. That's freedom right there. We have the choice here. You don't like something, don't listen to it. You don't want to, oh, that's too violent, or that's too racy, or that's too um, whatever. Don't fucking watch it. You can change the channel. You can turn it off. You don't have to follow this person. You don't have to like, you know what I'm saying? You have that freedom. And people who still want to whine and complain, they want to police other things that don't affect you if you don't pay attention to it. Some people like to be enraged. Some people like to be angry. 
so they will watch these things and listen and follow things so they can be mad and it kind of I mean, that's like some self-validation so they can feel just on their way, you know, pat themselves on the back and feel like they're fighting a good fight. But that ain't the good fight, man, because censorship affects all of us, okay? Protests. You want to be able to protest. I've been to a bunch, and I, I'm thankful that I was able to do them peacefully and speak about what I want to speak about or, or support what I want to support. I don't support a lot of these other, you know, people's ideals out there that are, you know, having their own protests about shit. But if it stays peaceful, we got to let it be. Now that shit that happened in Charlottesville, North Carolina, that's not peaceful. That's fucked up. That's not freedom of speech. That's action happening. That's not cool. We can't be letting that shit happen. And we have to handle that appropriately. But we have to understand we can't start cutting people off because at one time later, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a couple of days, a couple of years, you never know. Cut your ass off, man. You know, like in Cuba, I, I'm reading this book right now. I learned something I didn't know about uh, Castro and the regime. And I was, before I get into it, let me say, I respect Fidel Castro. I respect the shit out of him because, you know, America literally tried to kill this motherfucker 600 times and they couldn't. And they kill, you know, dictators and people in other countries all the time. The shit, they killed their own fucking president in the middle of the day on TV, JFK. And they couldn't get him. So I respect him for that. But it was an interesting thing I didn't know is that during the Cuban Revolution, right, there's a lot of people that were really fed up with Batista and the old regime. It was corrupt. It was fucked up. So a lot of people joined Castro to fight. And then they won. They overthrow, uh, overthrew, rather, Batista. But then he unveiled what kind of political regime was going to be. There was no um, announcement publicly or to anybody in the in you know like in his ranks, perhaps maybe the upper echelon guys, but the the average people that it was going to be a communist regime. And uh, you know some of the uh, people were down with it because they're like, well, whatever, it's different than what Batista had. Fuck it. But there were some people who were like, whoa, whoa, wait, oh, we just did all this crazy fighting in the jungle and murdering motherfuckers and taking over the city, risking our lives. But it's going to be communist. You didn't say that. Because some people didn't want that. Because they didn't want to have certain shit dictated to them. And those people fled Cuba just the same as the anti-Castro Cubans. And then they built resentment. Some of those people might have gone to volunteer to fight in like the Bay of Pigs invasion and other kind of anti-Castro plots after that because they felt deceived. So, I, and I'm not judging Castro or the communist, um, you know, political stratosphere in Cuba. I don't know anything about it. So I'm not here to talk about that. But my point is, Nobody wants to be censored, and nobody wants to be told what to do. And we have a pretty good system in America. Definitely a lot of room for improvement. Let's keep cracking at it. But let's be thankful we have the freedom to make some choices, and let's not ourselves erode it. The government ain't even trying to take it away. The fucking people are doing it. Don't do their job for them. That's what they do. They manipulate you. They put people in place and have you fight against each other and get confused and stressed and so angry at some fucking goofball on TV, and they get you all hyped up. And you're nervous and mad and full of emotion. The worst time to make choices is when you're emotional. Full of emotion to go and then maybe do something like vote against your own free speech. Don't fucking do it. Let's be able to speak like this. All right?